It is a dark world. It is a chaotic world. And that can be overwhelming a lot of times. I mean, when you look at the news, it is filled with stories of war and prisoner exchanges and oppression and injustice. And all that can be overwhelming. And all of those things cause what I think is the overarching topic of the day, which is division. When we hear stories of the news and of the world and what is going on in the world, it is just causing so much division. What is right? What is wrong? I mean, everybody has an opinion. Oh, my golly. We know that everyone has an opinion. But who is right? I'm not talking about America in 2022. This was the situation in the first century in the ancient Near East. Division was the order of the day. The world was dark. The world was chaotic. Around the year 50 AD, you've got to believe that life was very, very difficult. A lot of that could be owed to the Roman Empire, which cast a very long shadow on that particular part of the globe, all the way from modern-day Spain to modern-day Iraq, as far north as England and as far south as northern Africa. The deal with the Roman Empire was you were either with them or you were against them. Division, division, division. And then in the region known as Judea, there arose this Jewish prophet who had a lot of radical things to say about unity and division. Who is right? Who is wrong? Of the hundreds or thousands of different philosophies, which one should I listen to? How should I think? How should I live my life? How should I act? What really matters? In the first century AD, the people all around the Roman world were trying to sort all of this out. Today... Well, today it's Advent. Advent is the time where we, the world, the church especially, celebrates the arrival of Jesus. And when we say celebrate, we truly mean celebrate. It is the most, with 2,000 years of experience and 2,000 years removed from the fact, we understand that Jesus' arrival is the most miraculous, the most improbable, the most spectacular thing that has ever happened in the history of the universe. And that event isn't just told about in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. You can find Jesus all throughout Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. That's how important it is. Now, the majority of the Bible covers a time span from about 2000 B.C., to 70 AD, and it is all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus. And so this Advent, we're doing something a little bit different at Charter Oak Church. We are finding Jesus in the unexpected places in Scripture. Two weeks ago, we discovered that we can find Jesus in Genesis at the beginning of human history. Last week, we talked about Moses and how we find Moses or Jesus in a speech that was given by Moses in 1500 BC. And today we are finding Jesus in an equally unexpected place. We are going to find Jesus 
in the foothills of a region known as Galatia, which is modern-day Turkey. In Galatia, in 50 AD, all of the people of that region were asking themselves a question related to division. A question related to division. When it comes to God, who are the insiders and who are the outsiders? When it comes to God, who are the insiders and who are the outsiders? Now, 20 years prior to the time span we're looking at today, Jesus was the embodiment of what John wrote in his gospel, which is this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, and whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. When Jesus arrived, Jesus turned reality on its head. The message Jesus came to bring was that the meek shall inherit the earth. The persecuted will find justice. The mournful will be comforted and the hungry will be satisfied. And all of that is available to whoever believes in Jesus Christ. And 20 years After Jesus' resurrection, that unexpected message had spread the length and the breadth of the entire Mediterranean world. Jesus' message had spread all across the Roman Empire, across Roman-built roads. But the question was, is it all true? Is it all true? The whoever in that statement that you see right in front of you was a huge sticking point in the first century. In fact, the whoever in this statement is a huge sticking point for us today when it comes to God, really, who is an insider and who is an outsider. Let's first this morning talk about the insiders. When it comes to all of humanity, all, what are we up to, 8 billion today? Is that what we're up to? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to need to colonize the moon pretty soon. When it comes to all of humanity, there are only two groups of people. All eight billion of us, there's only two groups of people. Excuse me, when it came to the ancient Jewish people, there were only two groups of people. (laughs) Jews and Gentiles. Every single person on the planet can be categorized into two people groups, Jews and Gentiles. Now, the term Jew or Jewish comes from the ancient Israelite tribe of Judah who many, many years ago settled in the region now known as, or back in Jesus' day, that that came to be known as the, the land of Judah, where incidentally Jerusalem rests, of course, to this day. So the Jewish people of Jesus' day, as well as Jewish people today, are the biological and the spiritual ancestors of the ancient Israelite people. Now, who were the ancient Israelite people? They were what? God's chosen people. The ancient Israelites were God's chosen people. Now, we hear that terminology a lot, and sometimes it can go right over our heads. But here's what God himself said around 1500 B.C. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured 
possession. That is a very, very big deal. God, God was on the side of the Israelite people. As long as the Israelite people obeyed God, as long as they did that, God prospered the Israelite people in miraculous ways. In fact, during the time of David and into the time of the reign of his son Solomon, Israel was a world superpower. Delegations would come to Israel, to King David, to King Solomon, to get advice, to get resources. Israel had an unbeatable army at that time as long as they were in God's will. It all came from God. It was all a gift from God when the people obeyed. When the people didn't obey, different story. When God's people didn't obey God, God allowed the people to suffer just like everyone else on the planet suffered with droughts and famines and invasion from foreign nations. The bottom line is this. The Israelites, and you can find all of this history in the Old Testament of the Bible, the Israelites had God's supernatural blessing. And that's what allowed the Israelites to see the world in terms of us, and them, Israelites and Gentiles, later Jews and Gentiles, insiders versus outsiders. That's how the Jewish people saw the world. And in the year 50 AD, a letter starts circulating around this region of Galatia. And that letter in part, written by the Apostle Paul, that letter in part said this, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Now wait just one minute. If you were a Jewish person, Living in that region of Galatia, if you would have received a copy of this letter written by the Apostle Paul, this would be an unexpected message. This probably would not have been a well-received message. Now, let's set aside that language about the whole adoption to, to, to sonship thing, because that sounds really good, but let's really address the elephant in the room, again, if you're a Jewish person. Why do I need redeemed? Why do I, as a Jewish person, need redeemed? I'm following the law. The law is what redeems me. I don't need anybody. I don't need this son or this Jesus to redeem me because I follow the law. What is the law? Do you know what God's law is? Last week we looked at Moses. We discussed how Moses was the one who led his people, God's people, out of slavery from Egypt into the promised land. Moses also helped the Israelite people understand that they were different. They were different than the rest of the world. They were different than every other tribe, every other nation on this planet. How were the Israelites different? What made them different? Yes, God's blessing did. Yes, you may have heard about circumcision. That distinguished the Jewish people, certainly. But what really made the Jewish people different in the eyes of the rest of the world was the law. 
the law is what differentiated the Jewish people from the rest of the world. In fact, the rest of the world knew the Jewish people as people of the law. Following all 613 commands of God's law is what set the Israelites apart. And so a Jewish person living in the region of Galatia in the year 50 AD would not have expected to receive a letter like the letter you see in front of you. If I follow the law, why do I need Jesus to redeem me? The shorthand of that question is, why do I need Jesus? Why do I need Jesus? Boy, that's a great question. It was a great question for the Jewish people in 50 AD. It's a great question for our neighbors that are still living in darkness. Why do I need Jesus? The Apostle Paul dedicated his life to answering that question, and the answer can be found in the New Testament of the Bible. Why do I need Jesus? Paul would write this in Romans chapter 3, Therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Right there is where it is. The purpose of God's law is to help humanity see that nobody can keep the law perfectly. Nobody can keep the law perfectly. That's what the law was designed to show us. And so the law had a provision for breaking the law. The law had a provision for breaking the law. Of course it had to because the law could not be kept perfectly. That was the point of the law. What was the provision for breaking the law? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Of course, you're going to break the law. We know you're going to break the law. So the provision for you atoning for your mistake, or let's call it a sin, would be a sacrifice, usually an animal sacrifice, spilling the blood of an animal, but... What we found out was that there were not enough animals on the planet to cover all of our sin. There was not enough blood that existed on planet Earth to cover the sins of all of the people. So at just the right time, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. This is Jesus' message to the insiders. This is Jesus' message to God's chosen people. And around the middle of the first century, these letters, a whole bunch of letters started circulating all throughout the Mediterranean, all throughout the, the Roman world, along Roman roads, about how Jesus was the fulfillment of the law, about how Jesus had come to bring the new and the everlasting covenant what those letters that were circulating around the Roman world really said was that we don't have to earn God's love. We already have God's love. And here's where the point of differentiation comes. Anybody can be adopted by God. Anyone who wants to can be a son or daughter of God, a princess or a prince of heaven. And that is available again to anyone, to whoever makes Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. And that must have been unexpected to the Jewish people. 
That must have been very, very unexpected to the Jewish people, and I can sympathize. Because for 2,000 years, the Jewish people had been the insiders to God's plan and design, God's will. For 2,000 years, they'd been insiders. And it's good to be an insider, isn't it? It's good to be a part of a club, isn't it? You pay the initiation fee, you follow the rules, and now you're a part of the club. Are you a part of any clubs? Boy, as a kid, I was a part of the Nintendo Power Club. I don't know if anybody... I hear some less good. That's good. That came with a pin. I had a pin that I could put on my backpack that said Nintendo Power. If anybody got Nintendo Power magazine, let's have a great conversation after, after the service. I was part of the Nintendo Power Club. It was good to be a part of that club. Part of the Club Scouts, the, the, the Cub, the Cub Scouts. You got a uniform with that club. Sam's Club. It's a club. It's right there in the name. I have a membership card and everything. You part of any clubs? It's good to be a part of a club. What's the best part about being a part of a club? It's exclusive. Other people can't get in or it's hard to get in, right? That's the best part about being a club. There's insiders and there's outsiders. Best part about being a part of a club. And God had a club. You can read about it all throughout the Old Testament of the Bible. God's chosen people. God chose himself and it was right and it was holy because God did it. God chose to make himself known through one particular people group. But now, this Jewish rabbi came along and said, the doors are open. Membership is available to every single person on the planet. And if you put yourself in the shoes of a Jewish person in the first century, that message must have been very unexpected. But it shouldn't have been unexpected. It should not have been unexpected that God was opening the club up to everyone. In Genesis chapter 12, God tells Abram, all peoples on earth will be blessed by you. The Psalms instruct their listeners to declare God's glory among the nations. The prophet Micah predicts that many nations will come to learn God's ways. And then there's the prophet Isaiah writing in the eighth century BC he writes this on behalf of God I will keep you and you will and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles Isaiah wrote this 700 years before Jesus you will be a light to the Gentiles Elsewhere, Isaiah writes, it's, listen to this, it's too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. 700 years before Jesus had to give God's people a reminder God's people have always known that they were not exclusively going to remain God's people. God's people have always known that, of course, salvation came to them first. God's word and message and plan came to them first. And 
their joyful role in world history was to pass that light along to others. Anyone who calls themselves God's chosen people, their joyful role in the world is to pass that light along to others. And then Jesus came and he proved it all true to the churches in the foothills of Galatia in 50 AD. Paul writes this reminder, when the set time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship and that is the message for jew and gentile alike we have the opportunity to be adopted by the god of the universe those churches in galatia they would have been made up of both jews and gentiles insiders and outsiders but holding this letter in their hands, in a chaotic world, in a world dominated by the violent Roman Empire, in a world that was very, very dark. These people would have been reminded that there is no longer any such thing as insiders and outsiders. Because Jesus Christ came to open the gates of heaven to every single person who would accept his salvation. To Jews who have made an idol out of following the law, Jesus offered forgiveness. To Gentiles who never knew God, they are welcome. The poor have become heirs of heaven. The oppressed have freedom in Christ, and the unloved are divine royalty. In the year 50 AD, Jesus truly showed up in an unexpected place in the fringes of society, in the fringes of society. Jesus showed up in the hearts of Gentiles who have up to this point been practicing witchcraft. Jesus showed up in the hearts of Jewish men and women who up to that point had kept God to themselves. And so what of us today? What of us today? The purpose of the Israelite people, the reason that God formed them into a race, into a nation coming out of Egypt was for one sole purpose, to tell the nations about him. The sole purpose was to tell the nations about God. And so what of us today? What is our purpose? What is our reason for existing church? Well, the last thing that Jesus Christ told his church before he left this planet was this, go make disciples of all nations. Go make disciples of all nations. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Church, I want to be so, so emphatic about this. You and I have inherited the commission that belonged to the Israelites. I'm going to say that one more time. I can't repeat it often enough. You and I have received the commission that belonged to the Israelites to take the light of Jesus to unexpected places. And there is no better time to take the light of Jesus to unexpected places 
than the Advent season because there are so many people in Greensburg that don't expect Jesus to show up this Advent season. The single mother who is at the end of her rope does not expect Jesus to show up. The one who just lost his wife to cancer does not expect Jesus to show up in his life. The fourth grader who has to go home every night and cook dinner for her family because her parent is addicted does not expect Jesus to show up. The disillusioned, the disenfranchised, the least, the last, the lost, the ones who are hard to love don't expect Jesus to show up in their life. Who is going to carry the light of life to our neighbors who are living in darkness? We will. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in all his love for me. Let's pray. Lord God, you have welcomed us in. Help us to welcome others in. Lord God, you have welcomed us in. Help us to welcome others in. Lord God, you have given us your light. Help us to spread that light to our neighbors this Advent season.